From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 158, and as of this week, I have run out of my banked podcasts. So for the unforeseen near future... Uh, I will be posting episodes that were recorded via Zoom during isolation. The audio is pretty good for the most part, but you might notice it's not quite as crystal clear as it normally is. Sadly, the guests are not with me at my home. We are practicing self-isolation as everyone should. So uh, we are doing it a little bit differently for the next uh, probably a couple months worth of episodes, really, where... We, we get together via Zoom and watch on our own and then reconnect. So uh, I wanted to keep the podcast going. And also, what else are we doing right now? Let's watch some movies we haven't seen. So without further ado, this week, I have got the wonderful Daniel Grant. He is a fellow podcaster on the That Shelf family of podcasts. You know him from Marriage vs. Matrimony and Spoiled Rotten. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. Kind of. All right, so we are sitting down vicariously through laptops uh, separated by distance uh, during isolation to watch The Pianist. I'm Jeremy. I have seen this film, but not for quite a long time, probably at least a decade or more. Huh. Uh, I'm Daniel. I have not seen it at all. And, And what happened, Daniel? Why did you miss this movie? Uh, I think I, I just don't like the lead actor, but I probably should have got over that. Oh, you don't, you don't like Adrian Brody? Yeah. I mean, I've seen him in things that I like him in, but over like, especially when this movie came out, I was like, ah, nah, not that into it. It's interesting. Like he's one of those guys. I don't seek out any movies because Adrian Brody is in them, but I also don't think I've never not enjoyed him in something. Yeah, I mean, I really like him in the, like, uh, what is it? He plays Salvador Dali in Midnight in Paris, which I yeah. thought was really fun. He's great like, in Midnight in Paris. Yeah, when he's given a comedic role, he really shines. Yeah, I think that's more what I was like, because I also like him in Grand Budapest uh, Hotel. Yeah. Where he's the son, right? Yeah, like but it's funny because, you know, he won an Oscar. I mean, he, you know... Uh, with, this doesn't spoil anything in the movie, but he won no, best, no. best actor for this when when he was you know twenty nine. He was the youngest male to ever win best actor in the Oscars. Oh, and uh, but also like he was up against just a minute. I, I grabbed it here. I can't. I didn't have it memorized, but he was up against 
Nicholas Cage, Michael Caine, Jack Nicholson, and Daniel Day-Lewis. Wow. So he was okay. not expecting to win. <laughs> I can see that. And that's, that's the night he uh, kissed Halle Berry, right? Yeah, because he didn't know what no, to he do. Just, He's like, he was just really happy. <laughs> Yeah, he's a 29-year-old who just won an Academy Award for on his first nomination, you know, against a bunch of like powerhouses. Against a bunch of people who had already won Oscars for either best actor or best supporting actor, actor, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh some of the top actors of of the time. So, yeah, so he was on, you know, Cloud 9, but what happened as a result of that, I think for a long time was people were like, of course, it's like, "Oh, you're just a big dramatic actor." And so it took a while before, you know, probably you know, he, I think his career never really skyrocketed. I think he's one of those guys that's just kind of had a good career, but never yeah. really, you know, I'm trying to think like what, what's Adrian Brody known for besides this? That's the thing. Like, I feel like anything he's known for outside of this performance, which I've seen, so I like, and obviously it's an Oscar winning performance. I feel like people know like the non acting stuff about him, like me referencing when he kissed Halle Berry, like, or that he's not allowed back on SNL, stuff like that. Or like I remember seeing his episode of Punk and being like, "Oh boy, rough." Yeah, so it's interesting. I don't think the guy is you know desperate for money or anything, but it's I'm trying to think also of where uh, where he goes now. I'm surprised he hasn't um, landed in a cinematic universe yet. Well, because he did the first attempt to like redo Predators, right? Like. He or Predator because he's in that one where they're on the island. All right, like they, he's the lead of that. So I feel like that was like an attempt to be like, all right, the guy. Yeah. So what do you know about the pianist? I honestly have no idea other than it's set during the Holocaust, or that's my assumption. I don't actually know. Oh, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and you know who directed it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and- yeah, because yeah, we had this conversation. There was yeah. there's a second where I originally I thought you mentioned the piano, uh, but then we said the pianist. Very different movies. Um, yes, but uh, but maybe we'll check that out another time if we can ever find it on a streaming service or once people are allowed to be in a room together again, I can I can uh, secure a disc of it. Yeah, that'll be good. Something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. So uh, so maybe since you know jack squat we should just dive right in yeah let's go for it uh, let's do it let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat and we just finished hooray hooray <laughs> is that how you're supposed to react to that movie yeah well you know i mean the movie bookends, I mean, not much changed in his life. I mean, he started playing the piano at the beginning of the movie. I guess there was less bombs firing while he was playing, but yeah, kind of like not a whole lot changed in his life. He, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, he just... Uh, he just kept on going on, you know. He's fine. Seems like he lived a long time. It's a, real, it's a feel-good movie. Changed his, changed his hairdo a bit. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he kept in touch with his family as much, which is sad. That's a shame, yeah. Yeah, he lost touch with them. It happened. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> yikes. That's the shittiest review of that movie. Uh, they're no. cursing me right now. Um, yeah. That. I mean, I think the outcome 
was what I thought would happen. It just didn't, it wasn't the movie I thought it was going to be. Walk me through it. I'm curious to know. uh, So I'm thinking this movie would be like, because it did seem like there was early on an element of him kind of um, being on the fence about like, how serious things were going to get. This is very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm thinking like, Oh, is this going to, cause like his brother's giving him a hard time that he plays at that cafe and he doesn't look that, or he's not angry about the situation. So I was thinking like, Oh, is this going to be like a movie about he's got this? I mean, it's still shitty for everyone, but like he's got some, some kind of privilege because of his talent and this gift that he's got. And then he kind of like, has this internal struggle while everyone else is having a a real struggle about like, what should he do with this privilege? But it's kind of just things go terribly wrong and he's really trying to survive. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of like a Job character, right? Where it's just like everything he he has to be the witness of, of all these terrible things happening, you know, to him too. Obviously he goes through hell. But, uh, but you know, other people are so much worse off, really. Yeah, because he um, does. I mean, there's, I counted, uh, like, there's the time where I guess the friend that was saying, like, you should just join the police force with us, like the Jewish police force. And he's like, no. But then that friend pulls him out of line so that he doesn't get on the train. And then yeah. there's the German soldier at the end who uh, is kind of like, keeping him i kind of saw it as like a pet but like uh he's like yeah you can play the piano so that's good enough also full disclosure the the version i had would not play subtitles so i i had to really like have context clues for what was going on during the german speaking scenes oh interesting yeah i was i was checking because i was watching with pauline i was checking like oh it's just not gonna play any subtitles (laughs) Oh, interesting. The option, the option was there, and then it just wouldn't play. And I was like, yeah, oh, well, I, I mean, this is a better experience for me. I'll really be engaged now. Yeah, I'm trying to think what you miss. There's not much, really. No, because I feel like even if it's not within the scene, there's a scene later that explains what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's what I really like about it. I haven't seen it. I think it's I saw it in the theaters and then I you know I picked it up on on DVD and probably watched it once maybe twice uh and then probably haven't touched it in 15 years or so you know it came out not 20 years ago but you know 18 years ago something like that yeah. 2002 yeah so uh, I haven't watched it in at least a decade but what I really what I remembered about it and what I liked about it watching it again was just the uh kind of the simplicity of it and just like the, the starkness and just kind of the, the brutal frankness of it. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, I would agree with the idea that like, um, it really is like an A to B to C thing. Like there wasn't any kind of like interweaving timelines or anything. And like going back into it's kind of like, you really get to track like the ter- deterioration of where he is and who he is and, and it's, yeah, and it doesn't try to be like artful or poetic in the way that something like Schindler's List does, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. or overly like epic the way that you know 1917 is, or exactly um, or those kind of movies. It's just really like matter of fact, 
And there's all these really just small moments, like that moment where that guy rips the food out of that woman's hand and it spills mm-hmm. all over the ground and he just like shovels it into his mouth still on the ground. That, you know, that yeah. woman that woman crying, why did I do it? Why did I do it? Someone's like, fuck, she's annoying the fuck out of me. And the guy's like, yeah, well, she smothered her kid. Yeah, and that like, was that's <laughs> really good. I mean, I wasn't happy about what the outcome, but it was like a really good payoff of like really building up because I'm assuming like as an audience member at a certain point, you're like, yeah, what's her deal? Like I kind of immediately was like, this has to do something with her kid. Like she gave away a kid or something like that. Yeah. But then just having the guy being like, you're annoyed, but she killed her kid. Like she was trying to save, she killed her kid. Yeah. And just that last meal, the family shares of that caramel, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, just a little deep, just all the little small little details that don't really matter, but they all paint this bigger picture. I do think um, the movie did a good job of uh, illustrating, like, what you're saying. Just, the, just the, it wasn't trying to gussy anything up. It was like this. This is uh, a version of what it would be like, or like, yeah, because the best it, approximation. It's not Polanski's story, but his family escaped, right? Like they, yes. uh, and when they were when they were um, location, it was the first film he made in Poland since Knife in the Water in like 1962. So it was like 40 years later, he returns to his home country of Poland to make uh, you know a very personal movie in a lot of ways because uh, his family did escape. And and when they were location scouting, he met people that helped his family escape. Oh wow! Apparently, I read somewhere one time that. Spielberg originally wanted him to direct Schindler's List, but he wasn't like emotionally there yet. He needed another 20 years or something (laughs) or 10 years, however however long it was uh, to be able to definitely would be different for him. Yeah. But but it's also a different kind of movie too. I think than Schindler's List, um, you know, this one's definitely probably, I don't know. Again, like, I don't know his family's story. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm really hazy on the details because I'm like, wait, did some, like, the parts, I mean, guaranteed parts of his family died, but, like, were, like, parts of his, like, nuclear family gone? Or is it just, like... I bet you a lot of the little details are part of, like, things he had heard from family members. Mm-hmm. Like, all those little moments I was mentioning. But, you know, I mean, this is based on a true story of a real guy. Um so a lot of it comes out of that, but it's fascinating. It's just like, I mean, especially, you know, living in the situation we're all living in right now with COVID-19 and the isolation. I mean, you know, you watch something like this and you really kind of appreciate how simple our situation is, mm-hmm. and, you know, compared, yes. compared yeah. to something like this, right. It's kind of amazing how, you know, there's no shortage of Holocaust movies out there. And yet, pretty much all of them are, are pretty goddamn gripping and compelling because they all tell such, you know, personal, unique stories. Yep. Well, what I'm, yeah. Cause we were just, uh, Pauline and I were just talking about like Jojo rabbit and like, cause I think there's even a line in this movie where it's like, um, be careful how you interact with people you see as your allies. Cause they're hanging, they're hanging them for helping Jewish people and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's, I've, I mean, not that I would ever doubt that, but I'm like, uh, that's uh, like just a movie last year brought that same thing up again. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit's phenomenal. I can't, I was just actually talking to my son about that uh, tonight because I'm going to pick it up because I think, I think he can watch it. 
I feel like it's um, good in terms of like a lot of it is from the kid's point of view, so it never gets too gory or too. I mean, there is the big dark scene, but like, yeah, it's other but than it's, that. But it's hard. It's a hard. It's a movie that has moments that are super harsh. But my son would sit there and go, "Oof!" Like it would hit him the right way. It wouldn't horrify mm-hmm. him or make him not be able to sleep. It would just inspire a really great conversation. I think which is kind of the point of that movie. I think he'd find it delightful, but then also like walk away from it, you know, spoilers for those who haven't seen uh, Jojo <laughs> rabbit, but it's just like that, you know, the, just the little great details like the shoes, you know, that yeah, kind of thing, was, right. Like just that was smart. the big thing I talked about after the movie was like Oof. that shoe set up. I was just like, cause I was like, why do they keep showing her shoes? And then uh, that and scene the, happens. You're like, Oh, that's why <laughs> the reveal is just like, Oh God. But so great, so brilliant. Um, yeah, very different movie though. Very, very, very few different. Holocaust comedies, really. It's a real uh, <laughs> yeah I've, I've, niche I've that uh, went underplayed in, until uh, Taika uh, decided to play with it. Uh, what, so what did now? So I, I got to ask you, given the conversation we had before, what are your thoughts on Adrian Brody now? So. Um, before we started our second one, I kind of went back just to see what um, the four other actors you talked about, what they were nominated for. Like, I, I was like, oh, well, Daniel Day-Lewis obviously was for Gangs in New York, but I couldn't quite remember. And I was like, you know what? Like, this this does have a good leg to stand on in terms of um, Adrian Brody winning, just in terms of, like, the complete different, like, he is, like, a different person at the end. I know we joked at the, <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the start, but, like, he like physically and just like there's just something about him that where you can actually see the transformation which is always something i like that you can kind of like see that the actor has um done two transformations almost like he's stopped being the actor you know ahead of time he's the character and then that character goes through a transformation so i i was kind of yeah i mean i can see him winning i mean obviously he did but it it seemed like a well-earned win. Yeah, I think it was just a shock because he hadn't won anything else leading up to it. Like he didn't win Critics' Choice or Golden Globe or the SAG or the BAFTA. Uh, right. So it kind of came out of nowhere that he won for it. It was a big shock, I think, just because of that. Like it wasn't tracking along award season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's the only scene that made me go oomph. Uh, was is when it's it's right after his family is taken away and there's just that shot of him walking through the ghetto and he's crying and it's just that's the only scene that goes it it's it feels forced right like in a weird way something that i mean i don't really remember the trailers but it seems like something you'd like put in the trailers uh, well it just felt like a smaller emotional moment with him just walking through stunned and realizing that he's probably never going to see them again. It's just like the cry, the crying felt like just felt fake or something. Yeah. Uh, about that's the only scene that really bothers me in the movie uh, with him in it is, is that beat right there. Cause to your point, like I'm assuming that is him realizing he's not going to see them again. But for me, like it didn't, I didn't actually connect that he might be crying about that. Like I thought he was just kind of like thinking about just the general state of where he's like grew up. I mean, I don't know if he grew up there, but like kind of that kind of just the loss of like what he 
you know, as a whole. So yeah, maybe it did feel a bit bigger than it needed to be. Well, just given how subtle the rest of the movie plays, it felt yeah. out of, it felt out of place. I think. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything I didn't. There was a, a lot of times where um, it was kind of like when he's trying to get away from different soldiers. It was kind of like, oh, like is he making the right move? Like should he just pretend to be dead? Like he eventually does, but there was just a bunch of times where I was really like getting anxious about what was going to happen to him. Oh, but, and that's great. You know, yes. that's yeah. exactly what you want. I remember like the, uh, when I forgot the first time like him finding that giant can was like, Oh, but then when it rolls and you see the officer's feet, like yeah. my heart just sank. And it's like, no, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was. And then even after that, when the, um, Polish soldiers are kind of like, oh, it's a German. Get him! Oh, this is this how he's going to go out? Like, can you imagine? Yeah, can you imagine that was the ending of the movie? It was like he went through all this and just the savior show up. He shot because that German gave him the jacket that kept him warm. (laughs) And I guess that's what I liked about them making sure that the Germans spoke German, because then when he starts speaking in English, I'm like, all right, well, that would be proof that he's not German. Like. Yeah, speaking Polish or whatever. Like, um, there was like a just an audible difference that I could be like, all right, maybe they'll believe him now, even though he's wearing the. Yeah, and I just love his simple explanation of I'm cold. I'm cold. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it is one of those movies where the movie just goes, okay, let's assume that when we're hearing English, it's Polish. Yeah, (laughs) I did like that. But that's what was interesting about like they still did the German right. They still had that as opposed to just having them with accents. Yeah. It's and kind of me, like no English at all because there was, there was no subtitles. So I was just like, ah, all right. Like they're really going for it. <laughs> but that's something that Spielberg does too. I think he only ever, if, if a movie has more than one foreign language, he will only subtitle one language. Okay. I think I remember someone sent or telling me that. So I don't, I've never like gone and fact checked it, but, uh, Seems I was like also, it's true. Yeah. I was also trying to think of like a movie where he had more than one foreign language in it. Uh, and did I he have, um, wait, he did Empire the Sun, right? Yes. Cause that would have to have like Japanese and German at some point. Yeah. And, even. and that's one of my black holes. I actually haven't seen Empire of the Sun. It's one of the few Spielbergs I haven't seen. I did have to watch that for school. I enjoyed it, but I had to watch for school. But now I don't remember what the subtitle situation was like. Yeah, I have to. Re- I'll probably watch it at some point because my son and I. There, he still has you know far more Spielberg black holes than I do. But uh, my Spielberg black holes are that um, Bridge of Spies, War Horse. That might be it. Tintin. I haven't seen Tintin. I uh, I don't not I like. I don't hate Tintin, but I think that is one of the only movies that I fell asleep in during, like, watching it in theaters. I think I made a conscious decision. Like, I think I could sleep right now. I get it. It's just a, it's just a chase. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not in a rush to watch Tintin. Uh, like, I, 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 didn't, I don't have any emotional connection to the source material. Like, I never read Yeah. That. I think that was my problem is that like everyone who I like, I didn't, I saw it by myself, but like everyone in the theater seemed to really enjoy it. And I was like, I guess I just needed to love Tintin, which I didn't really. Yeah. I don't really know anything about, like, I know that there's a character called Tintin and they look kind of like a weird version of Archie Andrews, 
or like mm-hmm. the, the, the guy from uh, F- Fallout, <laughs> like the poster boy from Fallout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that's about all I know about Tintin. But at one point, because I'm a completionist, I'll, go, I'll have to go back and and watch that. I have seen Sugarland Express, but not, but I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, I haven't seen Sugarland. I th- I think it's like his really early stuff that like is. I feel like he's got a movie called Always. Yep, I always. Seen I've seen. Always, I, I remember seen that Sugarland Express, and I haven't seen 1941. I, I remember there are only three. I haven't. I remember always because my parents rented it because they loved John Goodman, and mm. I remember my dad like complaining the whole time because the VHS tape we rented it on was widescreen. He's like, they cut off the top and the bottom of my screen. Right. I I think I had a family like that too. That was like, it'll go away, right? And then when DVDs came in, they would just zoom. Yeah. Or they or there was. I remember batteries not included did that too. But then after the opening credits, they like zoomed in. And so the black bars mm-hmm. went away and my family was like relieved. Like, Oh, thank God we get to see the whole movie now. And I was like, that's not, no, you're actually seeing less of it now. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I didn't feel like having that argument with my family. Uh, yeah. Because they didn't care. They just want, they knew that no, the, four by, the four by three TVs, like I pay, I, I want to pay for every inch of it. I, oh. uh, I know that discussion very well. <laughs> Yeah, it's just not worth having. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? It's uh, it's really is like a one man show. The movie. I mean, there's tons of supporting characters, but none of them there are. But none of them really track through the movie. Like the family, we never see again. Uh, were you expecting to like there to be like some kind of epilogue with the family? No, I think once I was like, I guess he's not just going to be like a concert pianist that's got like survivor's guilt. I was like. Is he gonna like? Are they gonna show you the the situation like after going on the train? I was like, I guess it's just him the whole time. Yeah, I like that, that harshness of it though. I love that it's just the, that door just slams on the train and that's that. Yeah, uh, it, and then, that was very effective for me. I was very, I was like, whoa, okay. And then he, and then you know, he runs into his his friend from the other side, who's like, yeah, they're exterminating us. We got to fight back. And at that point, he knows it's like, yeah, my family's gone. I mean, he knows at that point that mm-hmm. his family's probably not going to make it. Although people, you know, some people survived. You know, it stands to reason that his brother could have survived at the prison camps if he was a worker and lived long enough, you know, and worked hard. They would have, they would, you know, they would have kept yeah. him around. They certainly did. His dad did, definitely know. wasn't going to. No, his dad would have been dead as soon as he got off the train. Um, yeah. and, and potentially his, uh, his sister, um, as well. But, uh, you know, the men definitely were put to work and if they were good workers, yeah. you know, often they, you know, they made it out. They kept their, their head down, didn't piss anyone off. I kind of got the sense that the brother was going to be like that guy that was like, let's just fight back. At least we'd go out with, there's the, no way the, that the brother made it to the end of the war. <laughs> No, yeah, he definitely did. I'm just wondering if it was because he tried to fight back or just like, because he did seem like he was kind of out of it also before he got on the train. Well, I think also like the clearly if he ever reunited with any of his family, that would have been part of the ending. Yeah. Um, They definitely would have made a point of showing like that someone, because like, is the guy that he's at, like at the radio station with at the end the same guy as the beginning? I don't even remember now. 
I wondered that actually. Um, I think actually, I think the guy that's at the beginning was the guy that brought him food halfway through. Who was like, I was an okay. engineer, or maybe not, because they seem to know each other. Like that guy that was recording, right? He probably maybe it was the same guy. That'd be a nice way to bookend it. Because they kind of had like looked at each other, like, "Hey, like we we made it." Yeah, we're back. Look, nothing's changed. We're back. Oof. And yet everything's changed. Yes. That'll be all of us pre and post COVID. I think so. Yeah. But like, you know, but you know, the, I, I, I jest, but there will be a version of that, you know, where we're like going back. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the first time we walk into like a movie theater, it'll just be like, wow, we really took this for granted. I, yeah, I'm definitely feeling that you know? <laughs> now. Like, Oh man, I really like, cause I really loved going to the movie theaters and I'm just like, Oh man. Like, yeah. But even like going to restaurants for us is going to be like a real, like it's the one thing that I, you know, and again, like this, ours is such a smaller degree than, you know, mm-hmm. what all the people living through this horror went through or, you know, you can't even compare, compare, but I think, you know, there's some empathy to be had with the idea of knowing that it's like, Oh, what, I, what I'm hoping most of us, if not all of us take away from COVID is like, you know, a sense of appreciation for how great our lives were. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm definitely hoping that. Not, not that we're all living through horrors right now. Like you know, we're just being no, but, we're, 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 like they, you know, that that meme that went around that it's like my parents were asked to go to war. I'm asked to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. You know, yeah. our, our lives are still amazing, but just like those simple little pleasures, I hope we all savor them a bit more. And I hope it's not just you know for the first week. <laughs> yeah, because I do feel like it might be more of a for the first week thing, but like. Who knows? We ha- we ha- we're not on the other side of it yet, so. No, and I don't think we will be for a while. So, but anyway, I certainly know I'll I'll, I'll savor it. I'm, I'm I'm even trying to savor as much as I can, just like the, the experience we're having and the time we're having to make the best out oh, of like it. Because, being, like, yeah, yeah. It's because what else are we going to do? I mean, we can sit around and complain and be depressed about all of this. But again, like I look, I watch a movie like this, I'm like, we're not living through that. That's horror in hell. We're fine. You know, yeah, I think that was my first bit uh, for the movie was like, man, it just keeps getting worse for them. And like, I, and I know where this will ultimately end. Like, I, I mean, in terms of how bad it gets for them, because like you see, I kind of like that beginning bit of humor where they're trying to figure out where they hide their money. And the brother's like, you're going to put in the violin. Like, what's your plan for getting the money out and stuff? And like, they probably think like that's their biggest concern. What are they going to do to hide their money? And then they end up getting shipped off on a, a train like years later. So it's like, yeah. Or they're even talking about how I'm not going to wear an armband. And then like the next scene, they're all wearing armbands. Like clearly they, uh, that's, that wasn't like, this one was going to last, but even as they're getting right, you know, right before they get on the train, when that kid's selling, uh, you know, the, the caramels for the outrageous price is like, yeah, sure. Take the money. What the fuck are you going to do with it? Yeah. I was so glad that the dad asked him, Cause like the brother says it, the dad's like, yeah, like, you can have the money. What do you think you're going to do with it? <laughs> yeah, it's a clear. Like, we, uh, he got a sense of it's like it's useless to us anyway. Sure, take it. Yeah, yeah. But Man. yeah, I do think there was like an appreciation of like the, we're being asked to like go without, but it's not 
like this. Like it's not like what happens in this movie. No, and it's like we're not going, and we're not really even going without that much. You know, restaurants yeah. are still having delivery service. There's still you can, we can still go to a grocery store. Yeah, maybe we have to line up for a few minutes before we get in. But I mean, it's not like we're only going in and only being allowed to take out a loaf of bread and three pounds of potatoes. Like Jesus, exactly. <laughs> you know, where our our lives are. You know, a, a very pale version of what what they normally are or not not pale they're a very you know lightly lightly shaded version of what they normally are we're we're very fortunate but i do think like something this gives you real perspective in that and that everyone should watch a holocaust movie right now just to be like yeah we're fine yeah we're doing great i think that's what it did for me for sure i was like yeah this is that's fine yeah we're okay I mean, uh, I know there's people that like aren't like like I get to still be with my significant other and like my dog. Like I know there's people that are kind of split up now, but like, um, I can yeah. at least enjoy that element. That, like, no, I think I'm the real my- horror. I think the real horror stories that are going on right now are the people that you know are stranded, not being able to get back to their countries. Like those are the mm-hmm. yeah. those are the horror stories of of that that will be coming out of COVID. I think. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. What other Holocaust movies? Uh, I, I I hate to say, do you enjoy? Because that's such a weird way to ask. It's um, a good question. What other ones do I like? Uh, yeah, I, I only saw um, Schindler's List for the first time when we did it for the podcast. Uh, we, not- did, we did it for episode 50 or 100. I can't remember. Um. Uh, I want to say, wait, was Citizen Kane your 100 or something? Oh, yeah, you're right. Citizen Kane was number yeah. 100. So, so Schindler's would have been 50. And the worst, it's a great episode because we, Mark Weingast brought his dad and his dad's parents were survivors. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, so, and he, and he hadn't watched it. He, he, he kind of had decided not to watch it. And then Mark convinced him that maybe it's time. And, all I remember in that movie is like I did, you know, I did what I normally do. I made popcorn for everyone, and I remember sitting there like eating popcorn, and all of a sudden I hear his dad just like quietly sobbing beside me. And I was yeah. like, I can't eat popcorn right now. What am no. I doing? I just put the bowl down. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, what? Who am I? I'm <laughs> munching on popcorn. This poor man is just like his soul is just collapsing inside of him. It's like, oh, I'm a terrible human being. <laughs> Wow. I mean, I think it's hard because I don't, I'm not, I think I've kind of like maxed out on um, enjoying a movie like this or like even something like 12 Years a Slave where like I'm, I'm not trying to compare like what um, the atrocities, but just like it does take a toll on me. So it's kind of like for the, for the purpose of this podcast, it was nice to watch the movie and kind of like see the building blocks of what makes it good. But like, yeah, but just harsh. I don't think it's- it was funny. So I, I was giving you a window into. So uh, uh, as as we were watching, my daughter was having a hard time going to bed tonight, and and her and right. my wife got into a, a bit of an argument. So she came in to see me, uh, and and part and sometimes what we we've done in the past, she's like, I'm not going to sleep because I'm not tired. Clearly, she's tired, and so often <laughs> I'll just be like, you know, you can lie down and watch what I'm watching, and I know she'll fall asleep in like five ten minutes, and I'll carry her up later. Mm-hmm. but she's so she's always down to start watching with me and it's the scene where the family is all still together and it's just that great scene where uh 
they're watching the apartment building across the way and they right. put the guy out the window. Oh yeah. That's I just remember. And they all surround him. And I just see that shot where they're all surrounding the guy in the chair and I, and I pressed pause and I was like, I don't remember exactly what happens, but I know it's not good. And if she watches this, there's no fucking way she's going to bed anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, all right, I need to pause this and put her to bed the hard way. <laughs> and that's when I texted you and I'm like, I'm going to be a little bit later. <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit later because uh, I can't. Yeah, she's, there's no way I, she's going to see this image and be able to fall asleep. <laughs> it's the image and even the way the mom reacts to it is very like off-putting. Yeah, they throw a guy out a window. Yeah. Uh, like an old man, too. And you know, and what I love, I mean, what I do love about that moment uh, is this: you don't know why. Like, you don't know why. And then the family runs down the street and they're being shot at. And there's no, you're never given any context, but, you know, really you don't need it. All you need to know is that it's like these people are doing things for no rhyme and reason. That yeah. it doesn't, even if you know the reason, it's not going to make any fucking sense. No, you're not going to be ridiculous. like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> well, just little moments like when that girl asks, where are you taking us? And the guy just shoots her in the head. It's like, okay, no more questions, I guess, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask. No, <laughs> this is not, a, the Q&A is over. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, there, there was that woman that kept asking if uh, Adrian Brody had seen her husband. And I was like, is this... Uh is this a thing? Like, is this going to pay off somehow? And I'm like, I guess that's just, that was just part of the course to show that like, this really isn't going to go well for this woman because she's got other issues going on. Like well, people were just disappearing, you know? Yeah. And that, well, that's when he was looking for his brother. He went out, he, then he found out that Heinrich, I think Heinrich was his brother's name. Uh, so it was yeah. like, they took Heinrich and it was like, Oh fuck. You know? And it just, I think it was to further illustrate that just people were just disappearing off the streets. Yeah, well, because she she talks to him when Heinrich's there, and then he sees her again when he's looking for Heinrich. And I was like, "Is this like, is this she like using this to distract him and rob him or like pickpocket?" I'm like, "No, she just really, it's what you're saying. Like, it's really just illustrating that people just start disappearing." Yeah, yeah, and I'm curious because the movie doesn't get into it at all. If he had survivor's guilt, you know, it is one of those things where you're like. You know, because his friend just throws him out of line and he just goes like he could have, you know, fought to try to stay with his family. But there's this, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he felt terrible about it. But at the same time, yeah. it's like, what, what alternative did he have? I'm sure if he'd have been on the train and he saw one of his family members get away, he would have been very happy to see them get away. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. Like just as long as someone from the family is surviving. Yeah, it's like, what can you do? It's like, it's not his fault his friend grabs him. It's not like his friend... And he like, did try to get back in line, and the friend was like, just don't, just just take it. I'm saving your life here. Yeah, like the friend... Well, that, And that's the worst part, is like, clearly the friend knows something. Yeah, because there was a... Con- I mean, as the audience, we know it's not going to go well for them, but there is kind of that conversation before they get on the train that like, chances are this is be- worse than what we're doing, but they're like... <laughs> no one can know for sure that it'll be worse than what we're already dealing with. So well, yeah. They might have a bit of hope. And then that guard just like very much like, no, this, this is going to be terrible. No. And that's the kind of thing that a lot of people forget is that like the atrocities of the Holocaust didn't come out until like way later, you know, people yeah. didn't really know about it until after the fact, you know, you've got, you know, in, in, you know, in the States, you know, Chaplin's making stuff like the great dictator and he's openly making fun of, of, uh, of Hitler 
not knowing what he was really doing and was really asking people to do, you know? That, yeah, that is. I still need to see The Great Dictator. Oh, it's great. Um, I have, like, the criterion and everything. I'm just like, I need to find time to just put it on. And I'm guessing now I have time, for sure. That's just, it, it's interesting, especially if you watch it from the context of, hey, knowing that, you know, what Hitler did and how he's just, like, poking poking him. But yeah, the irony is that Chaplin had no idea what he was really doing and who he was really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Because I yeah I didn't know he didn't know and that's that's gonna be very interesting to watch. No, well the, the movie was made during the war. Yeah, that's true. It was made <laughs> yeah. while it was kind of like in a way not quite the same, but it was kind of like the movie The Interview. Like they right they made twenty years later when things. No, it was made happening. in the thick of it. It was made in the thick of it, which is you know, but with less information than the people making the interview had. I think to some extent. Uh, so, uh, you know, a ballsy, not as ballsy as a move as we think it is given that they didn't, you know, for him, it was just like making fun of Trump. Right. He just saw it looked like some, you know, the head of some military outfit, but, you know, not knowing that he was, you know, the world, you know, history's greatest war criminal, or at least one of them anyway. Yeah. He's up there. He's up there. Yeah. He's yeah. in the top, you know, three, probably five. Definitely. <laughs> You know, I'm sure there's a lot of history that's not in in, in paper that we uh, we're not privy to, but uh, you know, I'd say he wins this century's version of it. I would say, like of the people that we know the names of and the stories of, he's definitely top three. Yeah, yeah, not a great person. Uh, any other final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, considering I'd kind of been like, oh, these. I I wanted to see the movie, that, to be clear, but I was kind of like, I, I just don't like these kinds of movies anymore. I'm, I'm getting too like soft in my old age. <laughs> and yeah. like, I don't want to watch that. Day. But like, I thought that the movie did a good job of not making me feel completely like depressed. Well, that is the it. hard. That is the hard thing about you know Holocaust movies. I think you know whenever I see one coming out, I'm like, oh, it's Oscar bait. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's my first thought. And second thought is like, what is the, I, I have to know what the perspective is because it's like, I've seen, you know, dozens of these things. What's the fresh perspective that I haven't seen. And that's why when Jojo rabbit came out, I was like, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see Taika's take on this story. And from the point of view of a Nazi youth, like yeah, that, I was, I was really happy with that movie. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a, that's a, that's a point of view I've not seen yet. Show me that. <laughs> it's great. Where the hero of our story is a Nazi youth. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be my last thought. It's just it it um it worked better than I thought it would, considering where I'm at, not not in terms of a movie in general. Okay, now here's a question I'm gonna throw at you just because you're a huge Marvel guy. Yeah, I'm here for it. If if Polanski was allowed in America, <laughs> she still okay. is not. Yeah. Uh, what Marvel movie would you give Polanski to make? Either could be something I mean, new, or could he could be. No, like, I would have guessed he would have done like a, a Captain America. Like if they, yeah, if they did Captain America, or like stuck with it, or like if they wanted to do what happened to Bucky after he fell off that train. Oh, I like that. That's what I was just thinking. The like the real Winter Soldier story. Yeah. 
I feel like that's that would be his wheelhouse. Uh, because otherwise, yeah, tell the story of Bucky it? being being woken up, mm-hmm. or just like, or maybe just like a one off of one of the times when he was like triggered or whatever they call it, right? Like, like he was sent on a mission to like activate assassinate someone. Yeah, just one of his. That'd be a great like standalone movie, actually. Just one. I would watch uh, it for sure. I wonder if they'll do anything like that in uh, that's in the Disney Plus series. Well, they've got the what ifs, but I know that's not exactly what you're talking about. No, like I'd love. I think you could just do a great one episode of just like a flashback, flashbacks to kind of juxtapose whatever's happening in the in the in current day in the episode of one of his activations. Because you got to assume like he was probably woken up, you know, maybe right. once a decade. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I feel like you could definitely do so. like Sebastian's fans around. Like they they can do it. Yeah, it'd be an interesting, interesting standalone movie that you could just kind of like work in. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, I think that's that's the right uh, the right fit for him. Yeah, I don't see him doing anything like too um, bright and fun. Really, I feel like it would have to be kind of like a a darker one. No, but he's also very artful if you think of his other work. I mean, he could do something, although it's not Marvel, but um, he he would be an interesting choice for something like Sandman. Yep, yep. I could um, see that. I, I was just thinking of like the MCU as it is. I don't see him doing anything of their like new stuff. As in like their whatever takes place in present day type stuff. It would have to be back in the day. So he could do Captain America or yeah, he could do another comic book entity. I feel like he could do like something to do with like, I'm just thinking about like Chinatown now. He could do like some kind of like, there's gotta be some detective like um, Constantine or something. I don't know. Yeah. Some political kind of way that way. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I just want to throw that at you because you're nerdy like me. And I just thought of it real quick. All right, Sarah. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me during your isolation. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, who knows? Depending on how long this thing all goes, we might uh, might end up doing this again. All right. Excellent. All right, sir. Thanks again. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for The Pianist. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at LonJeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.